and welcome to Living In, With, and For Christ, a podcast dedicated to looking at the things around us from a Christian perspective, seeking to give glory to Christ in any and every situation. Today, Pastor Brian and myself will begin a series on the love of the Father. So saddle up, boys and girls. Let's get started. Yeah, here we are again. It's been a little while. It has. You know, you've had some travel, travel, travel. Yeah. In finals for some of the track events. And then my voice kind of played weird on me this week and <laughs> sounded like I went through puberty the other day again and where I squeaked once in a while. I kind of felt like the the one the the character on Toy Story where the squeaker was oh. broken. <laughs> <laughs> You're still there. I needed a new squeaker. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, it's good. So today we start a series that um, is kind of personal to me, and I'm not really sure how long it's going to go, but um, I've just been talking to quite a few people about various things, and um, I've just been led by the Lord to just be kind of more open about my struggle in the concept or the whole reality of accepting and receiving the love of the Father. Um Part of that is just because of my past and some of the abuse I experienced as, as, a, as a young man and, and even later in life. And some of those things, you know, you can allow your identity be, to be wrapped up in that and kind of play the victim. Or you can really seek the redemptive part of pain and suffering and allow God to transform it. And I've always kind of chosen the latter. There's something that I'm very thankful for about my personality that I've always been able to just really go after healing, to want to be honest about my faults, to want to be able to to see and identify the things that are hindering my relationship with God. I don't love it. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's very fun sometimes, but it's it's the one area in my life I've always been really thankful for because there's a lot of personality traits that you know some people aren't really thankful for you know what right. I'm saying and, and I have yeah. a lot of those too <laughs> there's a couple I wish I didn't have yeah. um, but that's one I'm actually kind of thankful for and um, I know that we've talked about this on and off as in our friendship over the years and just you know kind of trying to shed the past so to speak mm-hmm. and kind of get on Um but I remember a sermon when I was a I was a media director. So before I was a recording, or before I was a pastor, I was a recording engineer, and I also served in several large churches as a media director. And the head pastor had a series on the love of God, and I remember him talking about this, and it was so foreign to me at that time. You know, um, it was like, and this is the analogy I use, and I expressed this to you yesterday. Um, when, when a loved one, and if it's your spouse, and I asked you about right, Kim, you right. know, um, when Kim comes up and starts just scratching your back, you know, the feeling that you have there, because it's, it's love, it's intimacy, obviously it feels good, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. And it's kind of like a bunch of things coupled together. Mm-hmm. And I looked at you and asked you the question, how would you describe that to someone who's never experienced it? And my answer was, you really can't. No, you were silent for yeah. quite a while, which is is really the answer. And so I presented that analogy to this pastor, and I just said, "How do you do that? How 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 can you describe that to me if if I've never experienced that?" Mm-hmm. And 
it's funny because he really didn't, it was kind of like Pilate and Jesus, where Jesus is like, you know, uh, I have come to bear witness about the truth. Pilate was like, what is the truth? And then walks away immediately. He doesn't yeah. stay and wait for right. the answer. Yeah. He, I don't know that he had an answer for it. And I didn't try to make him upset, but I definitely brought him to a place where he was unable to answer, you know? And I think that's been not only my struggle, but with so many people that I've talked to over the last three weeks, this has been something that has come up over and over and over again. And uh, when I see that, I try to notice it and I'm like, okay, Lord, maybe this is where you want the podcast to go for a little bit. And so we're going to camp on this subject for a little bit and we're going to talk about it in, in multiple avenues. We're going to talk about um, our past and how that can hinder us. Um, uh, bitterness. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about unforgiveness and we're going to talk about um, maybe not having healthy avenues to deal with stress in your life. Um, and maybe uh, you have, you don't have, uh, areas in your life that are disciplined that foster an environment to you to, for you to be at peace for you to be in a place of contentment. So we're going to use scripture, and so it's not going to be maybe as touchy feely as it sounds, but we're definitely going to dig into some things and areas that I don't think a lot of churches are addressing that really have a lot to do with your personal day to day walk. Okay, so let me let me ask you a couple of things before we start there. Um, Number one, I think that we need to get across is his love is always there. Yeah. It's not something that comes and goes. Mm-hmm. So it, it's something that it, it's on us to, uh, receive it. to receive it. Yeah. That's the we issue. We don't earn it. Us. You right. Know? Okay. And I think that's one thing that we're definitely going to talk about because everything that we have in life, whether it be school, grades, athletics, whatever, you achieve and receive. Right. So that kind of goes right into my next thing. Like, I think we see a lot of people today see love as a tangible thing. Like you can, okay, I know my wife loves me because of this yeah, or this or, th- or I'm getting something yeah. where that might not be the case in every situation. No. And the only way I can really describe it is like if you were – um, a policeman, and you were trying to get enough evidence to convict somebody to prove that this person was doing X. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's a point at which you can have enough circumstantial evidence to then say, okay, no, this is most likely the case, and that's kind of love, where it's like, okay, my wife hugged me the other day. She told me she loved me. Uh, she she touched my arm without any provocation. Uh, She initiated intimacy, physical Mm -hmm. intimacy. Um, And so you kind of put all of that circumstantial evidence together. She's faithful. Uh, She tolerates me. I mean, you you put all of that circumstantial evidence together and you're like, yeah, wow, she does. Right. Do you see what I'm kind of saying? Absolutely. And I know that some people have used this term and I, I don't want to offend anyone, but I want to, I want to, voice my opinion, which is kind of strong on this. There's a a teaching out there about love that, oh, your love bank is empty. You need to you need to put into the love bank. That's a give to get mentality. And that's mm-hmm. not what I'm talking about. Um, you don't earn love from a spouse. <laughs> right. Covenant love and covenant marriage is you love because Christ is worthy. 
You love your spouse because Christ is worthy. You reach out to your spouse because Christ is worthy, and on and on right. and on and on and on. Right. You do this for worship to Christ because of the covenant vows that you made as a married couple. Now, if you're single, you are the bride of Christ. And this is where I think something that, and we'll talk about this in this series of the beauty of understanding what it is to be a bride of Christ, even if you're a man, but as a single person. Mm -hmm. And there's a beauty in that too. And that's when we stop trying to impress people. That's when we stop trying to think about this myth that's out there that I need another person for me to be content or right. to be whole, right. which is ridiculous. Um, there is an aspect of the Trinity that's revealed in marriage that isn't revealed in singleness. There's a reality in that. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's better or worse because I know there's some marriages where it might be better for them to be single, <laughs> right? Yeah. you know, and then oh. there's other, you know what I'm saying? Yep. I mean, and so you're, you're going to have that. And, um, and it's, it's easy to put these, what I would call judgmental general statements on marriage that just simply aren't biblical. They're more myth, you know, and tradition than they are biblical, you know, like when you're married, People can make a mistake and marry the wrong person. Yep. That can happen. I do believe in God's sovereignty, but I want to express that most of us aren't important enough to be in God's, you know, <laughs> sovereign, you know, undisputed will. Right. I think that we fall into his, you know, that the, that other aspect of it, his permissible will. Right. And so if we think that his sovereignty extends to every step we take, we're not that important. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, now that salvation has been provided, you know, and now mm -hmm. that Christ has come, uh, a lot of the things that we see in the Old Testament and we try to apply to today, you know, like scriptures uh, from Jeremiah, you know, I've I've chosen this path for you. Do not be afraid. You know, a, lo oh. a lot of those verses that get applied to graduates and yep. stuff like that, that was in God's plan of salvation. <laughs> And that's a different context. You and I are most likely not that important right. in that reality. So, but well, that doesn't is, mean this is news to me. No, yeah. So, but that doesn't mean that we're not valuable to God. Right. There's a difference, you know. And I think that's the struggle that we talk about is understanding our value to the Father and how we are the apple of His eye. And receiving that reality, we are his treasured possession, as it says in Exodus in both, and also First Peter chapter 2. Right. The Hebrew word segula is, is a very fascinating word where God sees us as this treasured possession. It's his greatest possession out of anything in the universe. So do you think we, as, as people, um, we, we put too much of... Um, I mean, because we know, we know. Okay, God loves us. Yeah. I mean, you just, you know, we're the apple of His eye. But we try to apply His love to um, material things here, uh, life here on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. When when His love is providing salvation, so that we end up, yeah, in a place in eternity, yeah, with no more death, no more sin, no more sorrow. And that's trying to rationalize the concept I just spoke about: the love of the Father from a temporary earthly mindset right. versus an eternal kingdom of heaven mindset. And so there's a lot of variables in here, and that's why I want to take our time 
kind of walking through this. And um, are you going to, are we, will we get into how do we change that mindset? Well, we're going to get into that too. And okay. part of that is in Romans 12, one and two is the transformation of our mind, okay. not taking things from an earthly perspective or, or allowing the world's perspective to cram us into or force us into a mold, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so that's where scripture comes into play okay. in understanding those things. Because we can kind of fall in the love of God, we can kind of fall in into two categories, and there's a sliding scale, and the and the goal is to be in the middle someplace. So on one side, you've got absolute insecurity and like unhealthy codependent type stuff, and and stuff like that, where you're just like, I'm just not worthy, I'm not good enough, no one loves me, and right. and depression sets in, and you you sabotage yourself through through those insecure type of things. The other side of that is pure narcissism yeah you know it's just like well i'm the, you know yeah. i'm it yeah. you know <laughs> look at I'm me the cat's meow you know yeah. <laughs> even though i hate cats yeah. but <laughs> but you know what i'm saying and um and so there's that sliding scale so how do we fall between insecurity that hinders us in in seeing us as valuable to the lord or narcissism you know, that that feels like we're entitled to this, which yeah. we're not. No. Nope. Finding that middle ground of understanding that we are not worthy to receive God's love, but yet we were so valuable that the Father sent his one and only Son to save us and to free us from the consequences of sin. Wow. And I don't think it's as easy as we think it is, or that we can just kind of like touch on the subject once, I think it's so multifaceted because this is kind of a nature and a nurture thing. So the, the, the nature part comes into play where we know, I think even subconsciously that we have a sinful nature that doesn't deserve God's love. Right. I do. I think there's something intrinsically a part of, of our spirit that makes us aware. And so we either try to assert ourselves through narcissism you know, mm-hmm. or we shrink back into self-deprecation and insecurity. You know right. what I'm saying? And then we start looking for love in all the wrong places when we slip back into mm-hmm. self, you know, deprecation and insecurity. We start looking for fulfillment in other people, other things, chemicals, addictions, medicating, whatever. Oh. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep, absolutely. Um, a narcissist was like, well, I'm entitled to this. I deserve this, which is equally as dangerous. You know what I mean? But finding that middle ground of accepting that we were dead in our trespasses and sins, those who do not believe in Christ are condemned already. You know, as it says in John chapter three, that we're born in this state of original sin, but yet also seeing what scripture says, that we are the apple of his eye, that we are his treasured possession, and that we were so valuable that the father sent his son to be the ultimate sacrifice for the sin of the world. Right. And I think we, uh, like you said, I think this is a continuous thing that just goes and evolves because that, that scale you just gave there, narcissism on one end yeah. and, you know, just meek, timid little puppy on the other yeah. end. I think we're up and down that scale based on our situations. I agree. I agree. No matter, yeah, I totally agree with that. And uh, one day we can be on one side and one day we yeah. can be on the other. So that's the the nature part of it. The nurture part of it is what environment did you grow up in? Did you have a dad that showed you the love of the father? You know, right. did you have an environment that fostered and nurtured the love of God and the peace of God in your house? And I think there are probably a lot of homes that did not. 
Yeah. And, and mine wasn't, you know. I know that my parents tried, but both of them came out of abusive situations right. and that abuse carried over. And um, I think God graciously gave me the personality to attack specific things so that I could be the new link in the chain of my family. And what's been fascinating about my journey is I have actually caused a ton of reconciliation in my own family. Mm-hmm. And it's God's work through me. I should restate that. And so I don't want to take any credit for what God has done. So please right. um, kind of ignore the way I said <laughs> that. And I'm going to leave it in there though, because I think this is is a good differentiation or a good clarification in that God gave me the gift. I still had the choice to not operate in it or not, but I know that when I did operate in it, I only operated it through the power of the Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done according to the Father's will. Yeah, and I I know there's a lot of people, including myself, we've had conversations about my family life growing up. You know, there was eight kids in my family. My dad had anger issues, Mm -hmm. serious anger issues. But, the, the, I mean, the man knew his Bible. Yeah. It was amazing. And he studied his Bible all the time. He, uh, it just, and I think you're right that, that God put us in a place, and didn't put us there, but he gave us what we needed to get through that to yeah. make sure that it stopped there. Yeah. And didn't go on through, yeah, through yeah. the next generation. Yeah, you know, your family, you've got a, a great marriage, when actually one of the healthiest yes. marriages I've Love. ever seen. You've got two wonderful children. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, the fact that you're you're still a hot mess and they're not, oh, it's yeah. just an amazing yeah. thing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, what a blessing to be that new link in the chain. Yeah. You know, and, and bringing up your dad, and I, I don't want to, I don't mean to demean your dad, but it brings up another facet of this that we can know a lot about the Bible and still not allow God to transform our heart the way he wants to. Yeah. Because obviously he had undealt with anger. Yep. You know, and I'm thinking about Ephesians 4, where it says, be angry and do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity for the devil. Anger really opens up the door for the devil to do a lot of destruction within the family. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because words are are powerful. Words can heal or they can hurt. It's kind of like a hammer. A hammer can tear things apart or a hammer can build Build something. And there's a reality to there. So there's a, a lots of different facets to this. And what I'm going to do is we'll start kind of with the the theology of why we should address this because of how it does hinder our love with the Father. It also hinders our ability to love our neighbor as ourself. You know, right. we have been called to be a kingdom of priests, mm-hmm. you know, a part of that treasured possession. And if we don't know how to, or are unwilling to, or handicapped to receive the love of the Father, we'll never experience that transformation, that transforming power of the gospel that Paul speaks about in 2 Corinthians, being transformed from one degree of glory to another. And John touched on this too in just a different way. But if you put them both together in 1 John chapter 1, walk in the light as God is in the light, meaning this is talk, this talks about brutal honesty. This, this is where the kind of rubber hits the road where we have to look at the insufficiencies of our personalities, of our sin-infected nature, 
all the while finding a way to still continually understand that God sees us as valuable and his treasured possession because God disciplines those whom he loves. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, and I think probably one of the hardest reasons or the biggest reason that we have a hard time with this is I know I get, I get tired of hearing myself ask for forgiveness for the same sin over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And you just, you it gets in your head, okay, he's got to be tired of this. I know. And um, we're going to start to wrap this up because we'll, we'll start to kind of get into this. And I think next episode, what we'll do is we'll start in Ephesians chapter four, uh, where it talks about this putting off of one thing and putting on another. And there's a couple different aspects of it. And it kind of almost deals with the nature and the nurture part. And it does okay. it in the actual, in the original language. And so the things that I'm sharing with you are things that God has revealed to me as part of scripture and really what scripture says. So I don't want anyone to think that I'm just coming at this from a purely psychological, secular perspective. I'm right. not at all. But I, I don't know that the church does a really great job of addressing these things scripturally and then looking really inwardly in a way that probably scares us to death Mm -hmm. so that God can do the work that he wants to do. Uh, It is scary. It's not for the weak-hearted or the faint of heart. It's it's kind of the warrior in us that should rise up. And I suppose that's more of a man kind of language. But I think that there is that in women too, where to really become the woman that God wants you to be, there's a part of you— that there's a fighter in there. And if that fighter has been kind of suppressed right. or muted, it's time to take the tape off the mouth and the, the bond, the binds on the hands, you know, and let that, that rot, that I think of the, uh, I love Lord of the Rings, you know? Oh, yeah. And I, I, the name is escapes me right now. And I'm sorry, but it's, um, it's the, when they went to Rohan, you know, there was this this king who is kind of basically demon possessed. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there was this this woman who was phenomenal fighter with a sword, and she actually killed um, one of the Nazgul because she wasn't a man; she was a woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I, I wish I, I'll probably think of her name as soon yeah. as we end this. But um, it was a, it's a wonderful picture of here's this wonderful feminine woman who has this warrior side to her that, that fights um, for her voice and her place in a way that really honors God's glory. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's one side. And for the, for the, for the men, there is this, I think all of us love like superhero movies. We like justice being done. And, oh, yeah. and to me, like the movie Lord of the Rings is like my desert Island trilogy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And um, becoming who we're called to be, stepping into that spiritual leadership, you know, that scene where Aragorn, you know, and his future father-in-law of the movie anyway, mm-hmm. you know, um, Elrond, the Lord yep. of, yeah. And he brings them the sword and he's like, mm-hmm. stop running from your destiny. Step into the man you're called to be, the man you were destined to be. Man, I was weeping in the theater. I thought, I'm sure everybody thought I was crazy, <laughs> but it was like God was speaking to me directly. Right. And it's like, be that spiritual leader, become that man. And that's when I really started to take seriously, walk in the light as he is in the light, because you will fellowship with one another and the blood of Christ will cleanse you from all sin. Awesome. Yeah. So that's where we're headed. All right. So going to Ephesians 
uh, next week, pick it up next week in Ephesians. So, well, thanks for joining us this week. And uh, don't forget to check us out on Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media you use. And uh, leave us a message, uh, leave a topic or comments about what you have for topics that we've talked about. And uh, don't forget to join us next week as we continue our series on the love of the Father. Thank you, and God bless you.